Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Matthew. And I'm Dustin. So, um, this is episode 42. Yes, it is. And I thought, um, whenever we were, or before we started recording, I thought, oh, it's 42, we should talk about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, but... We're not really going to do that, other than Trevor has a thought on a Hitchhiker's Guide to a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Um, yeah, uh, this is the only thought that I had at the moment, and it's more of a Star Wars thought. Apologies <laughs> to everybody. Um, <laughs> I have been continuing to think about... Okay, I I believe I've made it clear that I really like... Lando. I thought you were going to say that you really like Star Wars. I was going to say yes. (laughs) No, Lando. Yes, you've made that abundantly clear. (laughs) I really like Lando, but I had some misgivings about his portrayal in Solo. I didn't hate it. I just, there were some misgivings that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And as I have continued to contemplate this, one thought I've had that I'm not yet sure of is that I think Lando in Solo, might be more like Zaphod Beeplebrox than he is like Lando in other Star Wars movies and media. I'm not sure if I think that, but it's a it's an idea I've been contemplating. And for Matthew, that is a character from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. I did recognize the name without knowing the significance at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He is somebody who revels in revelry and renown, which I had one of my complaints had been that I had not felt great about Lando being okay with being famous because I felt like in other media he has wanted to keep a low profile so that he could be more successful as a con man. Zaphod functions pretty much entirely on reputation and living large. So that that's all I've got. It's just, it's an idea. Still workshopping it. Hmm. Well, I, <laughs> uh, there's one other thing, Matthew. Zephod is the president of the galaxy. I was going to say, is he like the mayor or president of the universe or something like <laughs> yeah, that? Because yeah. I- He's the president. Although it's later on revealed that the president has absolutely no power because anybody who'd want to be the president of the galaxy shouldn't be the president of the galaxy. And so the person who's actually running things is like off on a desert island somewhere. So I just want to say, if you look at the um, first line, like a line on the Wikipedia page, as a character is hedonistic and irresponsible, narcissistic, almost to the point of solipsism, and often extremely insensitive to the feelings of those around him. Suppressing comments. Okay, let's move on. To that degree, I guess he wouldn't be Lando, because Lando, as portrayed in Solo, was still sensitive to people around him. Like, he cared about others. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, it's not it's not like a one-for-one match. But right. 
in the process of trying to put my finger on what didn't feel right, that feels like it has part of the truth of what I was trying to figure out. Although not all of it. I guess he's almost like a mashup between Lando and Zaphod. Maybe that's a better mm. way of saying it. Rather than a pure interpretation of how you would expect Lando to be. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, which, I mean, could just be explained by saying it's his younger days. But um, I also recently watched through Gravity Falls, and there was one particular moment which I cannot believe I have not seen gift to the extreme online. There's a part where there's a big revelation in the show. The characters find out about something. And one of them says, I'm going to be extremely disappointed if this does not match my fan fiction perfectly. <laughs> that you do know it was a reference because like at that point, there were so many fan fictions about that thing that they were like, it was almost a nod to how involved the people, the fans of the show were apparently. Cause I wasn't a fan at that time, but sure. But why is that not used to lampoon every other fandom? Because yeah, that would have been extremely useful around the time of the last Jedi's release. Maybe it's one of those things where the people who would use it, it hits too close to home, so they can't do it without it hurting. Uh, I suppose. There's not enough self-awareness to... Yeah. No, there could be self-awareness, but then ignoring it because of the... It doesn't feel like the good kind of self-awareness where you can... I don't know. Like they would say that, but they would be completely serious. Or they saw, they see it, know that it's a joke, and take it seriously so they can't make the joke. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Since we mentioned The Last Jedi and the everlasting controversy around that, can I go into the thing, the Anne Leckie blog post? Sure. Oh, uh, you're going against the order. And of the, I know that's not the, the order card. the cards are in on the Trello board, but... <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. A few episodes ago, who knows how many, one, two, five, I don't know. We had an episode called It's Okay to Like Different Things, in which we talked about how it is okay to like different things. Well, that was probably like two episodes ago. I don't know. Um, I recently read this blog post from Anne Leckie, the author of the Imperial Ratch series, with such books as Ancillary Justice. Her blog post is called On Liking Stuff or Not, and it is about the same topic. I think that it would be good reading for anybody who is interested in the idea that, you know, it's it's not a problem that different people like different things. If somebody likes something different, that doesn't mean they're a bad person or if they have terrible taste. It just means they liked something different. Um, and... I have a, a short excerpt. Uh, do, 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 do. It doesn't start with a clean break in a sentence. Okay. Sh- I have some should thoughts. Should I? Oh. What? Sure. Yeah. Read <laughs> I yours. was going to say, I'll read mine while you look for yours. Read your chosen excerpt. So my excerpt is, my feelings were so hurt that I wept bitter, miserable tears every time I drove to the to the bank with my royalty checks. In reference to people trashing her work. Yeah. Um, And then further on down the article, but still not all that near the end. um, She says, 
But I have some thoughts about the idea that because you, generic you, didn't like a work, that must mean folks who say they did like it are lying liars who lie to look cool. So in order to believe this, one has to believe that A, one's own taste is infallible and objective and thus universally shared, and B, people who openly don't share your taste are characterless sheep who will do anything to seem cool. But the fact is, one doesn't like or dislike things without context. We are, all of us, judging things from our own point of view, not some disembodied, perfectly objective nowhere. It's really easy to assume that our context is the context, to not even see that there's a context at all. It's just how things are. But you are always seeing things from the perspective of your experiences, your biases, your expectations of how things work. Those may not match other people's. And she has a lot more to say, and you should read it. The link will be in the show notes at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 42. I'm just imagining so many instances where you would you could put that post it somewhere on the internet and people would argue the crap out of it and say it doesn't that doesn't matter and like, oh yeah <laughs> and i'm just like that was so nuanced and a very mature perspective and I just could imagine people saying like yeah but it's trash and i hate it. <laughs> she's wrong and her books are junk <laughs> so are we not wanting to talk about it too much so oh, you can talk about it more if you want oh okay um so two thoughts one she references nk jemison so this is the situation that prompted her to write this article or blog post, whatever this is, I guess it would be a blog post was that people were reacting poorly to Jemison winning, I guess three Hugo awards in a row. I don't. Yeah. Okay. She won a Hugo three years in a row, three years in a row. And so a question I have is, have you read any of her works? I have not. I have uh, I honestly had not even heard of them until reading this blog post. Okay. But I don't I've heard of them. I, I, don't, I don't no. Oh, go ahead. I don't do a great job of keeping track of what books are coming out because I can't read them fast enough anyway. Um so I kind of just like wait until I hear a lot of buzz around something rather than trying to keep up with everything that's coming out. Um this one has clearly had some buzz going for a little while if it had a a Hugo three peat. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely behind the curve on this one, but I want to check it out now that I know. So for the listener, the series is called the broken earth series. The first book of that series is called the fifth season. Matthew, you've heard of it. You were going to say I've heard something. of the author. Um, but that could just be because I might've read news things that kept mentioning the person, or I'll occasionally see lists of books that are like, here are these new books coming out. And that person probably had some, or like, um, just lists of like, here are things that were nominated for Hugo's or whatever. So I, the name sounds familiar, or maybe I've just even seen it in like increasingly in like compendiums of like, these are short stories. The headliner is that person. That's all. Gotcha. I just placed a hold on it for the library. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And there's, there's also so many older books that I feel like I still need to catch up on. I just finished, um, Kindred by Octavia Butler that came out in 79. So again, behind, I'm behind the curve. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to do some catch up. Kindred kind of made me feel like Back to the Future wasn't as creative as I thought it was. Or his original.
I think if you read enough, you'll feel that about everything. That's a good point. Are you saying there's nothing new under the sun? I'm not. Someone already said that. (laughs) (laughs) And to be clear, Kindred is nothing like Back to the Future, but it involves time travel and somebody worrying about maybe not existing if their ancestors don't get together. Those are really the only similarities. (laughs) It was a good book, though. Anyway. Is there an airplane flying through? (laughs) There is, and I'm impressed you can hear that. (laughs) I'm fairly directly under a approach to a larger, largish airport, midsize, a decent, like a major metro area airport. And yet this is the first time we've heard it on the show. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised. Um, We typically are recording a little later, so I think the volume is down. The volume of the planes. (laughs) They're very considerate about the jet engines. They turn the volume down nighttime. (laughs) The volume of flights going into the airport, just for clarification. But yes, I do realize that was a poor choice. We're approaching Lambert Field. We're going to be making a quieter approach this evening because it is pretty late at night. Trevor, don't give away where we are. Yeah, I need you. To, you need to go and edit that and just do a bleep, just a clean. Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. We've already said. Wait, have we? I'm just imagining the pilot flipping the uh, like the tab on the side of the plane that puts it in vibrate mode. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that there was going to be a tab on the plane that just said "Better Worlds" mode. And- <laughs> oh man, my oh yeah. My pilot quote should have been, people are trying to record a podcast right now. <laughs> Not people are trying to sleep. Oh, man. I've been informed that some people are recording a podcast below us. I don't know what the hell a podcast is, but... <laughs> Trevor, I, Trevor, I think you have a future in piloting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sure to add some like distortion over my voice in post. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like one of those dings for, I don't know. That's buckling up. That has nothing to do with the sound of the flight. Forget that. <laughs> my favorite interaction with a pilot, well, not interaction, but my favorite announcement from a pilot was when I was trapped in a plane for like four hours for no apparent reason. And uh, fairly far into the ordeal, the pilot said, I'm really sorry. I wish we could give you all cookies, but we don't have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone got sad because they hadn't been thinking of cookies before mm-hmm. that. But now they realize, man, we're not getting any cookies. Yep. This sucks. <laughs> well, we can check off that from the Trello board and go on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you guys know what time it is? <gasps> the best time, maybe? Yeah, fin fact time. Um, So last week, well, not last week, but last time we recorded, uh, Trevor tasked Matthew with coming up with the average temperature of Finland or something like that. I don't remember. Which I failed miserably. But I did a quick... I was just about to exclaim <laughs> with surprise, it worked? <laughs> <laughs> but so much for that. Yeah. I did a quick DuckDuckGo search and found two reliable websites. One is called Wikipedia, and the other is called called (laughs) HolidayWeather.com. 
I don't all know why your college professors like, are furious about one of those. Like British the holiday weather.com, I'm guessing. Okay, so like vacationing. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. So um first up, before recording, Matthew and I were commenting on how ludicrous it is to try to find the average temperature for an entire country. That, um, what? I feel like if I were to ask, say, a computer, what's the average temperature of Finland, I would expect it to say, that's ludicrous, what is the value in such a number? But as a human, I think that <laughs> you can kind of uh, make some assumptions about what I mean and come up with a decent answer. He's getting, he's getting to that. Okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> I was just qualifying that for the listeners so that they weren't like, well, okay. Helsinki isn't the whole country. Okay. Why are you always picking Helsinki? Uh, <laughs> why does Helsinki get all the attention? <laughs> Seriously. Well, here's why. Because it's kind of silly to try to find the average temperature for an entire country. And we figure it's the most... small... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we get the most people with one location if we choose Helsinki. So, Helsinki, the uh, the highest average monthly temperature that I see on HolidayWeather.com is <laughs> <laughs> 70 degrees in July. The lowest average high temperature that I see on Holiday.com, HolidayWeather.com, sorry, is February and January tied at 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, as far as the climate of Finland, we can talk about how the overall climate um, behaves. And from Wikipedia, we find the, what did we say? Koppen climate type? Keppen. Keppen! Oh, I messed it up. The Keppen climate type for Finland. It has three. Um, this, yeah, this is what I really want to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> like what? Well, you could have told us that. I'm well, I don't, kidding. I mean, no. I, I honestly don't know what the term is that you're using for like the climate type thing, but I mean, that's basically what I want to know is what sort of climate does it have? Gotcha. So, um, both of these websites, by the way, will be included in the show notes. The Keppen climate type for the southern part of Finland is DFB. which is is warm summer, humid continental. But that's just the really, the very bottom rim of the country. If you go up past, I don't know, the bottom rim, you get into DFC, which is subarctic. And then up in the tippy top is ET, which is tundra. Okay. That's all I have. (laughs) That's a pretty good answer. The Trevor, the DFB climate subtype is um, what you see in a lot of the Midwest, actually, like the northern Midwest. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised by that part. Mm. Trevor, you sound disappointed. Like which parts of the Midwest? (laughs) Um, Parts that you would like. uh, Because Chicago has much better weather than, say, St. Louis. I think it's... (laughs) <laughs> we're just randomly pulling out cities here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't DFB more like Chicago? Oh, I take it back. Um, DFB would be more like 
Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So Michigan and Chicago and like the are upper the Midwest. Nice. Yeah. Like Minnesota. Okay. I just punched my mic. <laughs> well, why isn't the mic the one saying ah? Uh... <laughs> because the mic can't talk. I guess in a way it is. I don't. Yeah. Something to think about. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess knowing that the winters in the largest city are around 30 degrees and the summers in the largest city are around 70 degrees, that pretty well covers what I was curious about. Also, when I looked it up, I was surprised by how the metro population of Finland or of Helsinki doesn't actually form a majority of Finland because I kind of was thinking it would. Yeah, it's about 1.4 out of 5.4 million. Huh. Is it a plurality, though? It probably is the biggest concentration. Yeah. But it just the fact that there were that many more people, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I guess my question is, should we have picked a different locale? But I think Helsinki is the largest It's the largest city, so. isn't it? Yeah. So, And Trevor, um, I find it interesting that whenever I went into the climate, you said that that was what you wanted. But after talking about the climate, you say that knowing that the high in the largest city is 70 and the low, yeah, lowest high. Is I have a, a really good reason for backtracking like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that once you gave me the climate types, I realized I had no idea what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> we probably would have done better to actually, you know, say that, like, here's what the, cl- the climates with you don't use the letters are all like, Warm summer, humid, con- like it's it's very yeah. descriptive. It's only shortened to letters just for the sake of it's very cumbersome to say like, well, the warm summer with a cold winter the subtype is like, I don't know, it's just awkward. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking about all the different climates in uh, Minecraft, all the different biomes. I don't really have anything to say about it. I was just thinking about it. If Minecraft is the guide, then I'm pretty sure the world breaks down into places with pine trees, places with mushrooms, places with clay, and then the boring ones. I think there's like 18 or 24 biomes now. Isn't there like a hell area too? I'm telling you, I walk until I see mushrooms, and then I collect the mushrooms. You have to build a portal to get to that, and it's not really on like the naturally occurring map. Yeah, sounds about right. And it's been around a while. It's called the Nether. The Nether. That's it. There's also a place called the Ender, but it has nothing to do with Orson Scott Card. Is there an upside down? Um, no. Or would that be kind of like the Nether? The Nether kind of is. I always put my Nether portals down in underground vaults, kind of like the lab in Stranger Things. <laughs> nice. Except <laughs> I was thinking of it as like Stargate. Oh. And at the time that I was doing that, back when I was actually playing Minecraft, stuff couldn't come out of the portal, but I knew that someday it probably would. And I think I heard that that is indeed the case now. Stuff can leak out of the portal. So I feel good about all those worlds I have sitting on a hard drive somewhere where I carefully protected my gate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that the, the uh, enemy gate is down in that situation. Yeah, it is. What kinds of things would leak out of the gate? Um, ghasts. Gaseous ghosts. Can you fight them? Uh, not if you want to live. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah. 
I know they've done something where you can like somehow make a thing that shoots their fireballs. That's the only thing I can contribute there. Is it also possible to deflect their fireballs with a sword? Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Except it's like really tough to do. Or I was just bad at it. Or it's not actually a thing. One of the two. Let's talk about something else. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next thing on the Trello board. Matthew, can you give us a destiny update update? (laughs) Yes, because I think we mentioned that. Uh, I'm going to interrupt now. (laughs) (laughs) Says the person that wanted to talk about something else. We have one more small item before. So there's the only things left on the board are destiny update update and that one other thing. Should we talk about the other thing first so that the big, the longer discussion? The other thing is like the big news, isn't it? Hmm? Well, now that you say it, I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Like this has real world impact. This is, this could change the way things are done. (laughs) Okay. So we're saving that. We are. Okay. Okay. We're saving the big news for last. What's going on with destiny? (laughs) (laughs) So destiny, uh, I think we mentioned it last time typically does at least it launched early September when it first came out. And every time since then has had a major expansion or a new version annually come out early September. So they just updated for that and gave a big overhaul to everything. I think I mentioned that I was mainly looking forward to seeing how the um, collections worked for items rather than just stacking random stuff in your vault. Um, And I'm pleased to report that it does allow you to delete quite a bit (laughs) because it's all saved in the collections. And in some cases it is even better to do that. Like when you, certain rarities of items in destiny, once they drop, there's no way to make them more powerful. And the stuff in your collection scales to a certain percentage of where you are in terms of your advancement. So there's a, there's a numerical value. If something drops at like a hundred value and you're up at 300, normally you've just got that one thing. It's pretty useless other than collecting it. Now they've got it set up so that if you're at like 300 value, you might be able to pull it out of your collection, another copy out of your collection at like, 280 or something so you okay. could still use it you know, so take it, a little bit of a hit but use it because you liked it yeah and it wouldn't increase your power but you could use it without massively handicapping yourself mm-hmm. okay it's just like a, it would probably be a mile and it's actually even less a pronounced it's like uh, i don't know if it was even like 20 below me but um so that's a big plus because it actually in a way improves the stuff you have because you can safely get rid of like the less powerful version and it's stored on you at all times and it's not taking up space. So I did that and ended up with a bunch of, (laughs) and on top of that, when you dismantle things, you get more versatile materials to use. So I'm kind of rolling in those at the moment. (laughs) This makes me feel like I really wasted a lot of time trying to carefully dismantle stuff in the past because I should have just kept it all so that it would be added to my collections and then I could delete it without worrying at all. 
the one thing I haven't done anything with yet is that they had a system, like they've completely overhauled the mods for the guns and everything, well, mods across the board. So the way they did that was they just completely invalidated all the mods on everything, and then they are now pumping out new mods for stuff that you can plug into things. Those were um, really hard to collect, so it's kind of a jerk move. Yeah, by the same token, it was a big mess. <laughs> yeah, unless they made it easier to get stuff that actually matters. Now the guy who sells them had like a big, he had a bunch of stuff and you could tra- trade stuff in. Now he sells two things <laughs> all, t- all the time. It's very slimmed down. Um, so it used to be for weapons, you could get um, one of the three elements or kinetic and then for armor, each of the four armor pieces had like five different possible mods. And the vast majority of them were utterly useless. So out of like, that's a loud train behind me. So out of like, how many mods were there in total? Maybe like 35 different ones. I know the there, math doesn't quite work out for what I just there said. Were there were more than you had like, slots for. Yeah, there so were more. over 50. And there were maybe like four or five that were actually useful. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that were useful... Like there was some overlap. There was like, there might be one that increased your reload speed for kinetic weapons and went into your arm armor. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that did exactly the same thing and just happened to fit into a different piece of armor. Yep. So there were like, it was just really frustrating trying to collect the useful stuff because there was so little of it, so much junk. And so you had to use a ton of resources to buy up these things. So. I had kind of tried to stockpile the ones that are useful. So when I got better armor that I wanted to have modded effectively, I would have stuff ready for it. And now it's like, I just feel like they're, I mean, I'm not even playing at this point, but part of the reason is because I didn't feel like they were really respecting the time that players were putting into the game. Because if players put in a bunch of time and got useful stuff, then they wanted to invalidate all of that so the players would have to spend a bunch more time in the game. Mm-hmm. So, they've, I think now there's maybe, uh, I, there might be like a dozen or two dozen mods, period. Like, they've okay. really slimmed it down and improved that part. And how many of them are useful? The Out of the ones I've seen, they all seem like they have a use thus far, but they are also appear to be much rarer. rarer? Are they the rarer. same... Are they the same kinds of things where like there's like a one that improves the melee for each elemental class? I think they slimmed it down so it's just improves melee. Improves melee. Okay, because it used to be, for those who haven't played, it used to be improves melee for solar subclasses, improves melee for void subclasses, improves melee for uh, arc subclasses. And so like I guess the idea was you're going to have like three different sets of armor for... But yeah, that's it's it's just annoying trying to do all that. So if they've just streamlined that aspect, that could help a lot. Do they still fit into specific armor pieces? Um, I again only have like maybe one or two, so I haven't okay. tried to play with it because um I haven't if, tried if they to took if they took away elemental distinctions and took away the requirement that it go in a specific piece of armor, those two things would drastically reduce the number of different permutations. So you can't change elements on the guns that had elements now, which is a little bit annoying. Um, hmm. But that was a 
luxury of the system they added in. So I'm, that's fine. Um, they, that would be the one thing, like when you're going through, like if you ever get to the point where you're going through and getting rid of the old weapons, energy weapons, you want to check what is saved in your collection because it can only pull out as one element now. And you might have one as one of the two elements it can't pull out as. Yeah. So on that note, do you want to hear part of my careful planning and collecting <laughs> in the past? Did you just save elements of every gun? I used to. Oh. I used to have, like, if I found a gun I liked, I would make three different versions of it. And they would be, they would each have the different elemental mod and a paint scheme to match. So it'd be like, I'd have like a nice shiny purple void gun. Um, And then I'd have the nice shiny blue one that was arc. That was the same gun for different situations. I decided that was a waste of vault space since vault space was so precious the elemental mods for guns were so easy to come by and I didn't need to change them that often. So the cost was not prohibitive. And so what I decided made sense was that I should delete all my redundant weapons and just be willing to change the elemental mod if I really needed to. So a few weeks before I stopped playing, I got rid of all those extra weapons that now would be valuable keepsakes. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm annoyed at the way they change things as they go. I just wish yeah. they knew what they were doing so that we didn't have to bank on them not completely screwing us over. See, part of me thinks that, that they do know what they're doing, but they don't want to communicate the changes because they don't want to see people act in a way that will help them out themselves that will help the players out too much. Yeah. Like they don't want to let people know what like they want to let you know what's coming but they keep it vague enough that the detail i don't know so here's an example and this is where okay are you ready that was discussing things that were positive slash somewhat negative are you ready for the thing that will make you angry because it made everyone angry i'm already angry oh like really angry though like if you're at a what rate give me your anger rating right now on a scale Uh, one to ten one least ten most like Seven or eight? Eight. Oh. <laughs> Definitely eight. This will make you matter. I can almost guarantee it. I dismantled so much stuff. Just wait. Okay. So, you know how infusion works, right? Just where you take a more powerful thing and you smush it into the thing you have to make that better. Yes. And in Destiny 1, it would sort of... There was some kind of formula where it essentially averaged the lower weapon and the higher weapon but then they got rid of it and gave you like something sort of in the middle or something yeah and then but they, in destiny 2 it changed so that it just went up to the higher value well no they did go to one to one at the end of destiny one okay like so in- yeah at some point they changed it to one to one so if you had like a 360 weapon and you wanted to infuse it into your 320 weapon it would actually go all the way up to 360 so i'll give you the better news There is some good news about that. You know how they had it? Like you had to put a scout rifle into a scout rifle. Yes. That's gone. Now it's back to the way it was where you can infuse a primary into a primary, a heavy into a heavy. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I dismantled all of my max level sidearms then. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Because they made infusion really expensive. It requires two to three masterwork cores to do an infusion now. I don't have any masterwork cores. Then you're not doing infusion. 
it's a bad system. It's like it's I'm betting they'll roll it back, but I think they did it specifically to stop people from infusing the guns they like so that they have to use they essentially get people So they have to use the newer weapons. They essentially get people playing like they're brand new players just playing with what the game deals them. I so I haven't played Destiny 2 at all. Um and TBH, I've kind of zoned in and out of this conversation. <laughs> um, but who hasn't? <laughs> One of the things that I find interesting is how Bungie, it is still Bungie, right? Yep. Okay. Bungie continues their pattern of taking, of trying to force people into playing the way that they think things should be played rather than letting players use the game in the way that they like best, that is the most fun or what have you. That has been continually remarked upon by a lot of people. (laughs) I can't think of another example. Twitter. What's that? Twitter. Twitter, yeah. I was gonna I was thinking specifically of video games. Okay. But I guess yeah, Twitter, how they broke all the APIs for third party apps and now you have to either use the garbage Twitter first party app or just not get notifications about anything other than DMs. So Oh, you still get DM notifications? No, I I don't well. Yeah, I think you do. That's the only kind of notification you do. Okay. Anyway. Another comment uh, based on Matthew's description of infusion, of how you take one thing and you take something better than it and you smush them together, <laughs> made me think of infusion in other instances in life. Like, if you had a bad coffee... And you had a coffee that was better, and you just smushed them together. Then you get kind of something like the the infusion process at the start of Destiny One, where it's not quite to the level of the the better thing, it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say like when you take delicious tea leaves and put them into <laughs> and like normal hot water, and then you make the hot water much better. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's. It's literally infusion. That is infusion. (laughs) (laughs) Or if, so I have an old computer and I find (laughs) a new computer and I just smush them together (laughs) and I get some better version of my old computer. I don't know. I think it works in some situations better than in others. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is kind of what I've done with my computer. You've smushed another better computer into... The- I have, Well, I have a 2011 MacBook Pro, but I've upgraded the RAM and the hard drive. Oh, yeah, well, so... Eh, eh. Eh. And yet, I'm right now sitting like 10 feet away from it because the fans are just going crazy. You haven't upgraded the fans yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have anything else to say about Destiny? Oh, oh! My oh, did. question. I, oh, I, go oh, ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was going to say I have several other things, but go ahead. Oh, 
So yesterday I was on my Xbox um, and I noticed an advertisement for whatever the Destiny update is, which what is the update called? Forsaken. Forsaken. And that name is a little too close to home for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, one of the characters had a compound bow, which... I'm curious why the character had a compound bow. Are you able to use? They added in bows. Well, they're a lot more energy efficient. Like for real bows, as just for, for real bows, and apparently people like them. Huh. The description I saw was that people think they're like um, a slower scout rifle that doesn't perform the way that describes. <laughs> <laughs> that somehow like works really well. So maybe like the hitbox. Um, what's the not the term I want. Maybe the aim assist is really good because they're compensating for it being a bow or something. Well, okay. Hmm. I haven't used one, so I don't really know. But people seem to like them. Well, Matthew, your task is to go use a bow and report back to us next time that we record. Based on the collections, there are only four, and I don't know if it's going to be possible for me to get one without the expansion. By the expansion. Wait, what do you mean without the expansion? What have we been talking about this whole time? We're talking about they did an update <laughs> that pushed out to all players of the game, like the collections. Oh, this is an update. Oh. Oh, so that's why there's two cello cards. <laughs> no, that was just an accident. Oh. Oh. Because I saw there was one trello card one I saw that there was one trello card called Destiny Update Update. And another Trello card. Uh, and another Trello card called Destiny Forsaken Update. And I thought that it was redundant, but now you're telling me it's not redundant, but it was still an accident. It was an accident. And no, it's not. <laughs> they did an update that applies to anyone who has the game across the board, but then there's also the new content stuff, which you can't play unless you buy the expansion. And I didn't buy that, but I'm looking at the way they updated all the systems anyway. Okay. And trying to manage the clan so that it still is functional for all the people who are doing things, which is interesting. Also, they changed... The, wait, do you want to hear my other main gripe? Which, this was something a lot of people complained about, and I would imagine gets changed because the mob is on our side on this one. <laughs> um, They, before... Oh, I thought you meant, like, mobs in the game, and I was really confused for a second. Oh, no, the mob of players. Okay. Before, they had it just if someone's in a clan kind of basically any activity they do they generate pat like experience for the clan and then if they max it out they get a reward from the clan every week so they change that that no longer happens you have to go to the clan head person and pick up bounties and she only has three a day and thus far two out of the three every time have been crucible and everyone has complained about it quite a bit um, so that just because that means that, again, it kind of falls Dustin's criticism that it feels like it's Bungie saying, we want you to play this way. I don't care what you think you wanted to do. <laughs> if you want to help out your clan, you have to now do this thing, how we prescribe it. See, you thought you were having fun, but you weren't really. You'll thank us later. And there seem to be a lot of people who, and I think this is why I, I could see it, 
Bungie will probably cave on it. There were lots of testimonials about people saying, like, I have a clan with just, like, eight to ten people. They're my friends. We don't really want to get a bigger clan. But eventually, like, we're going to play, and we can't all do all the same things, but we like we were very proud of being able to, like, build up our clan and have it be functional and get all the rewards by season's end. We're not going to be able to do that now. Bungie purports to want, like, friends to be together and to play and have fun socializing and stuff. And this is kind of a shot in the foot of that notion. So I feel like Bungie isn't going to have a way to defend it. Other than they just half-baked the system and pushed it out because people were initially complaining that bounties weren't in the game anymore. Even though they essentially were. But Challenges were better than bounties because you don't have to pick them up. Yep. Now you have to go in and pick everything up. And bounties you don't even get to keep anymore. You pay money for it. And it's only good for a day. Wait, do you pay real money or in-game money? <laughs> because it's in-game money, free. which is bought with real money. <laughs> it's sad that that's a question that we have to ask. Um, wait, can you buy Glimmer with real money? I don't think you know. No, oh, no, no. Glimmer. Okay. I was just okay, kidding. See, I've been out of the game so long that I forgot about Glimmer. <laughs> you have to pay Glimmer, but still, it's like, here's your resource. You need to use this to do a bounty um anyway that, so that system's dumb oh there is a positive thing you will like trevor they took out all the tokens but my tokens <laughs> they didn't take them out you still have them and can spend them as before they just don't drop anymore okay the current now here's the part you won't probably like the currency is now the planetary materials <laughs> so we've moved so, to a barter system it used to be um can you explain the tokens to Anybody who is still listening who's never played Destiny. (laughs) The tokens were basically like... Our hypothetical perfect listener. (laughs) There are several planets in Destiny, and on each one you have a friend. And whenever you did anything on the planet, you somehow got like a magical token from that friend stuck in your pocket. They realized that was kind of silly, so they got rid of those. Because if you got enough of them, then you would go to your friend and be like, I have 20 of your... uh, jimmy dollars if it names jimmy can i get a reward and they're like sure here it is i don't know how that system ever made sense but now they still got it but now it's with just the resources which makes marginally more sense we're like oh i'm on this planet and you gathered the thing that's on this planet for me here's a reward more so than like well i made i minted these (laughs) these fun dollars i want you to give them to me (laughs) have either of you watched the office yes parts of it isn't what is, not there a point where Dwight instituted oh, his bucks. own currency? Yeah, shroot bucks. I never realized how much like shroot bucks this was until you <laughs> just described it. But that's literally what it is. Every single ally that you have on a planet has instituted their own shroot buck system. <laughs> Basically. Oh my and gosh. The other thing is with the collections now, I was actually at a point where like oh i care a little bit about the packages because i can unlock the stuff in my collections whereas before i was like "Eh, i'm just gonna unlock it and then it'll sit in my vault and i won't use it so why bother and i had like a ton of all the tokens yeah it was a running joke between us that matthew never turned in any tokens and he just had hundreds and hundreds of tokens there was a point where i think like like, my lowest vendor was like at 340 or something (laughs) Like whenever we were anywhere and I had a, one of the little carrots above somebody showing me that I was supposed to go talk to them, I would ask Matthew, oh, does this so-and-so have a 
a thing over their head. I I don't know why I'm supposed to talk with them. Is there something going on? And Matthew would just be like, everybody always has those because I have hundreds and hundreds of tokens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. You start to just to think that's how the maps are set up if it's the way it works for everyone. <laughs> um. So yeah, those are gone, and now you use the planetary materials, and those drop. For, it's they just move the planetary materials to being the rewards for like public events and all that, and in chests and everything. So. It streamlined the system, which I think is probably better. Destiny has always had at least 15 currencies. At any moment in the game's history, there's always been at least 15 different currencies. So anything they can do to reduce the number of currencies is a good thing. Oh, there is something you will like. They instituted a bounty system for Petra. No, wait, that's not the person. Who's the Eververse person? Not Petra. It's test where you can do bounties to get bright dust interesting but that's which are the is an additional way to get the things that you would otherwise have to do leveling up or paying real world money for so anytime they're adding more avenues to that i would instead of just like outright like give us 50 dollars or whatever it is i think of that as a positive change Oh, and they added a big triumph system, and that's a whole bunch of stuff to do that is kind of overwhelming. Yeah, every time they've added those books with, like, record books and things, it's always reduced the amount that I play because at some point I notice that I can't get it all done. And oh, this why is like I a try new- it all if I can't be a completionist? Yeah, well, this is like a new thing where you can complete sections and get badges and like titles added to your name. Like if you, oh, this is that screenshot you sent us. Oh yeah, the thing where it was deliberately trolling me. That <laughs> it was. Yeah, what was it? It was complete ten heroic strikes as a warlock on a fire team of three, as the only warlock on a fire team of three or more, while being a void walker. <laughs> it was yeah. just like how Matthew plays with Dustin and Trevor being there. But you don't have Dustin and Trevor. Haha. Ha. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was. But there's so many. It's like such a big system that like I don't. I looked at it and I'm like, no, I don't feel the need to complete all this. So it kind of like and it's in the game permanently and doesn't have a timer like those other things did. Oh, OK. So it's not just like it's a new addition to the game. Okay. And so it's more like Grimoire, less like Age of Iron. And there is actually, a like, you can now go around and find dead ghosts and stuff, and it puts in stuff in the game you can read instead of going to the website or that. So they finally improved that function of it, because they gave people something they've been asking for for four years. <laughs> can they still be read on the website? Or in the app? In the app, at least. Because I, I liked doing it that way. In the app, at least. Okay. I don't. I haven't tried the website, so I don't know. Well, the app was always assume... a much better way to do it than the website, anyway. Yeah, but I I liked reading that way because it kept track. There were like it would mark things as read or unread, and so you could keep track of what you'd read, and you could do it. Like, I mean, there are plenty of moments in life where I'm not in front of a video game console, and I have like a minute that I could read a card. So I was I usually just read the grimoire that way. So I'm kind of pleased that they brought that aspect of it back. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. And I've only found like a few things, but just kind of like going through the, oh, there is a point where like if you find dead ghosts, it gives you like snippets of the ghost's life that are appropriately called ghost stories. And though the few I found of those seem enjoyable. So I'm trying to think if there was some other, I mean, those are kind of the major things I do appear to be getting, even though I don't have the expansion, like from various things, like getting weapons and armor from the expansion, which is weird to me, but maybe they don't care that much. Yeah. I, for what it's worth regarding forsaken, the actual expansion of story stuff, I have heard really good things from two people that I follow on Twitter for non-Destiny things. They've just made comments about how it's like a whole new game and it's really good. Okay. I'm going to guess. I think I know one person, but I don't know the other person. So there's no point in me guessing. Guess, guess, guess. Well, one is Syracuse. Yes. And I don't know anyone else. Is it another tech person? Um, it is. Um, I'm going to go with uh, either Hackett or Hurley. Hurley. Nope. Uh, neither of those guys? No. It is oh, okay. somebody who is a blogger more than a podcaster. Oh, they, is it Serenity Caldwell? No. Does she Isn't play? she a gamer? I don't know. I thought she was a gamer. Um this person started a podcast like a year ago and it was called the important thing. <laughs> and I have no idea. They were going to make it just about like different things they cared about. And one of the two episodes was about destiny. Oh, and then they like, didn't make any more episodes after that. Okay. So I have one more guess. Is it a person that is married to another tech podcaster? No. Okay. Then who is it? Rans. I don't know that person. Rans? Rans. I think that's what they go by. I feel like their real name might be known, but they go by Rans, and their blog is Rans in Repose. Okay. I want to say Michael Lopp, but I feel like I might be making that up. Everybody calls him Rans. Cool. Also, you can have a holographic unicorn over your ghost at all times now, which <laughs> was a very random thing that unlocked. But I was pleased with nonetheless because now anytime I pull up my ghost, there's a holographic unicorn. And you can also have a holographic dragon or a rabbit. If I bought the game because of this knowledge, I would never gain any of those things. Probably. Also, I still don't have Xbox Live. I still don't have Xbox Live or the new Destiny expansion. And I haven't played Destiny at all because I don't think I can without Xbox Live Gold. I think that's true. I'm not 100% certain, but I would think it's true. Even if you have the, in theory, base game that would allow you to do any base game stuff. Also, the um, there's apparently a large leveling point, because like, if you're at the top of the level you can be, the top level you can be from the current expansions is 30, and apparently it goes up to 50. <laughs> so there's a lot of um, leveling that occurs before most anything can happen so in a way it's almost better if you want to get like the cosmetic e engrams to not buy the expansion immediately because <laughs> you get those by leveling up otherwise but i don't think you get them when like doing the real levels 
anyway, that was helpful to people who didn't know what's... There's also apparently, like, a new mode that I guess is, like, a combo PvP and PvE. Oh, the one where there's, like, two teams fighting monsters in an arena, and then you can, like, go over and mess the other people up or something? Yeah, and you can, like, throw stuff at them in their arena with more monsters. And it basically is whoever gets to the final boss monster and takes it down first wins. That sounds like it would be really annoying. Like Prison of Elders, except not fun. It apparently is something people are really into. That's all I'm I know. I'm sure it is. Except then people complain because there are some people who go in and play it, try to play it, like ignore the monsters and just want to get to the fighting each other part. <laughs> And they, there. I've seen many passive-aggressive things online where people are like, you know, we have this thing called the Crucible that... Yeah. And- <laughs> um, I, on the note of me not having Xbox Live Gold at the moment, I, I feel like I need to offer some follow-up on our prior episode where I said I was going to let my subscription lapse and play older games. After that discussion, I, I put in the episode description that one of the things we talked about was playing old games. And then Aaron, Dustin's wife, said, (laughs) Dustin has been playing Galaga on my NES Classic Edition. (laughs) And I felt really bad for calling Tomb Raider 2013 an old game. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I have seen people unironically call games that are maybe two or three years old, old. And I think some of that has to do with like, to me, that suggests like maybe someone is very young because when you are younger, your frame of reference for what constitutes older is always kind of set as a portion, as a percentage of what your experience of life is. So if you're younger, you've only, and you've only lived like 18 years or whatever. Yeah. Something that's three, two or three years old is a much bigger chunk of uh, how you've experienced time than it is for someone who's 40. Yeah, I literally only meant not the newest in their franchise. Right. Like, that was (laughs) the only thing I meant by that. I didn't even mean to indicate that the game was aged, just that it was not, like, the current generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still the current console generation, but you know what I mean. I feel you. So, Trevor, you triggered a memory that whenever you talked about kind of listener feedback from Aaron, that reminded me that I got some listener feedback from my brother this week uh, where he was listening to our second episode of spite of uh, infinity war. And he commented that the alien creature is blown out of an airlock in both alien and aliens. Really? Yeah. And I didn't believe him, but I didn't engage on the texting because I was doing something else at the time. And then I forgot about it. Um, And then when you reminded me just now, I looked on the Wikipedia page uh, and then at the plot, it's in the plot section, it says, Spoilers for people who haven't seen Aliens. Ripley battles the creature using an exo cargo loader, exosuit cargo loader, and expels it through an airlock into space. 
<sighs> Fine. <laughs> I didn't remember that part. I feel defeated. I guess, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I'm trying but to think. It's been a long time since I've seen Aliens. One, two. I feel like in that case, at least four of the six movies result in the defeat of an alien by vacuum. (laughs) I love that our entertainment system is set up so that that is a sensible comment that like, not sensible, that that is a statement that makes sense and is intelligible and is not like, like I'm not just stringing words together. It's a real sentence. (laughs) Is that what you they mean? made six of a movie? Is it like yeah. your most popular epic of all time? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of another piece of follow-up that I should mention. Why are we doing follow-up at the end of the show? <laughs> um, I don't know. We're switching I, up. We're keeping it fresh. I mean, <laughs> by talking about stale topics at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that in Prometheus there was another alien called the Neomorph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Neomorph. Um, This was incorrect. The Neomorph is exclusive to Covenant. The one in Prometheus, I believe, was called the Deacon. But I feel like that's more of a production name than anything. Largely because I have no idea why it would be called the Deacon. The Deacon. Yep. That's kind of a dumb name. Yep. Which is why I feel like it's just a production name. Like, this creature design is, we're just calling it the Deacon. Hmm. Is it because of its head shape? No, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I did not research this. I just saw that I had the name wrong. Well, I'm linking to the Wikia page. Or the wiki page? Is it wiki or wikia? Wikia. Wikia page for Deacon. Well, either one would be correct because it is a wiki. But if you're referring to the service on which it is hosted, wikia. I see. You're just dropping something in for the show notes? Yeah. Okay. Name origin. (sighs) The creature's production name became known as the Deacon because according to Prometheus director Ridley Scott, its head looks like a bishop's Mitre, the Catholic Church deacon's pointed hat. Their heads all look like that. (laughs) Well, usually they're more rounded. Okay. Disclaimer, I'm not looking at the picture right now. Oh, well, I... As previously mentioned, I'm sitting like 10 feet from my computer because of the fan noise. Yeah. It's so loud. I guess I could put the link in Trello. There. Can you just text it to me so I can... (laughs) No, I can open Trello on my phone. No, I'm sorry, not Trello. Cast, the cast message. I can't reach that far. Oh my goodness. I don't have cast on my phone. Did you put it in Dropbox? No, I just texted it to you now. (laughs) Oh yeah, his head is more pointy. (laughs) Point taken. Point taken. (laughs) One ugly little fella. Aren't they all though? Yes. So, Matthew, you have... A big piece of news that we should probably close off, close out the show with. Yeah, because I think it, it, if we're lucky, it'll re- be revolutionary for um, a number of fields. <laughs> um, there 
uh, recently has been hitting in news as of, I don't know, like the past couple weeks, there is an hotel, a hotel, and a hotel. I hate that. There's at, at a first hotel. I thought you were going to pronounce it in Spanish, hotel. <laughs> um, if you switch to a Russian accent, you can just say there is hotel. There is hotel <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> that uses um, this hotel in Japan has elected to not have front desk staff but rather animatronic dinosaurs who go through all the motions of checking you in and getting you situated to the hotel. So obviously this has big implications for the future of hospitality, (laughs) but could hopefully revolutionize anything with a front desk. Although I guess this could be the kind of thing where people are like, robots are taking our jobs. (laughs) I'm assuming there'll be then some witty comebacks about like extinction playing in but anyway that i just appreciated it and thought you know i would go to that hotel if i were ever in japan and just picking places off of a list because that <laughs> just see oh go on have you ever watched contact i'm relatively familiar with it but have not watched it okay i'm just imagining you arriving at this hotel walking into the lobby shedding a single tear and saying they should have sent a poet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I feel inadequate for... Okay, I take it back. I would never go to this hotel because I'm not worthy of it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why she said they should have sent a poet. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sitting here trying to decide which hotel experience is better. Having a glass igloo and watching the Aurora or being checked in by animatronic dinosaurs. Wait, wait, I totally no have... Dos? I, porque, dang it, I was going to say Porque no los dos. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> because, I don't know. You had too much to lead in. I don't have enough money to do both, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, I... I mean, yes, no, very good point. Merge. <laughs> yes, that was my implication that, in theory, all hotels will be like this soon, and uh, yes, including yes. the one you want to visit, and... <laughs> Robot dinosaurs will be plentiful and <laughs> ruling the earth. If they can't get robot dinosaurs, at least have heavy saurus check you in. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very epic. Also, is it bad that That's a I... deep cut. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to our entire back catalog. <laughs> is it bad that I do want robot dinosaurs to be in but like just taking over random plates so that there's like a robot dinosaur president at some point and then like a conspiracy theorist comes up and is like the president's a lizard person and we're like yeah we voted for <laughs> we voted for the robot dinosaur president i for one welcome our new dinosaur robot overlord <laughs> <laughs> can i sully this moment by complaining about something as, as long, long as it's, it's not, not robot dinosaurs, dinosaurs. <laughs> What did you say, Dustin? I said as long as it's not dinosaurs. And I said as long as it's not robot dinosaurs. So we covered all the bases. Oh, okay. So yeah, you both did. Yeah. Okay. No, it's the the article that oh, we have about this. It's kind of this. sparse on the details, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. The article is sparse on the details, which honestly is my biggest complaint. But the one that I'm going to actually mention, well, I guess I already mentioned that one. So <laughs> does that mean I'm done? <clears throat> 
the complaint that I was going to mention is the first line of this article is it's part Jurassic Park and part Westworld. That's a terrible article opener. Yeah. And I, I cannot stand for this. I think that's the problem with like people, like news stories like that trying to be too pop culture-y. Well, they're trying to be pop culture savvy. And what they're ignoring is the fact that Westworld is a prototype of Jurassic Park. They're both written by Michael Crichton. <laughs> yeah. The first was a movie about a park where people go to see some pseudo dangerous thing that has been tamed for their enjoyment. And then it backfires and starts killing the guests. The second one is a book by Michael Crichton, which was turned into a movie, which is about people who go to a park to see something that's supposedly dangerous, but has been tamed for their enjoyment and it backfires and starts killing the guests. (laughs) (laughs) So at first I was like, Trevor, why did you emphasize book in that way? Aren't they both books? And then I realized that it's the same description. (laughs) Oh, well, no, Westworld, I think was only a movie. I could be wrong. Oh, but I don't think it's there a was TV a TV show. Well, now it's a TV show. It was a movie first. It was a movie. I think so. Yeah. Holy cow. Long, long I ago. didn't know that. I've not seen any of it. So I think in the eighties, it was Do you a think movie. Michael Crichton was like afraid of Disney world. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> but yeah, I think that Westworld was just a movie at first and had a lot of the same ideas about a uh, park killing the guests. But then he, refined and perfected the idea with Jurassic Park, the book, and then that got turned into a movie, which did much better than the first. But yeah, it's now a TV show as well, I guess. Sure enough, it was a movie. I didn't believe you, but I've seen it with my own eyes. Not the movie, but the IMDb page (laughs) for the movie. Director, Michael Crichton. Writer, Michael Crichton. He's the director? (laughs) Apparently. Yul Brynner. James Brolin, Richard Benjamin. Those are some big... I don't know who Richard Benjamin is. I was CBH, but just about Yul to Brenner, say, am I James supposed to know Brolin. who any of these people are? Well, Yul Brenner, you should. Who is he? Uh, he was in the original The Magnificent Seven. He and Steve McQueen. Oh. Oh my goodness. You don't know who... Oh, I know who Steve McQueen is. I've seen the remake of The Magnificent Seven. I told you, so, I'm catching up. I'm behind the curve. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen... Oh, wait. Yeah, we've had this conversation because I've seen the thing The Magnificent Seven's based on. Trevor's seen the remake and Dustin's seen The Magnificent Seven. But at that point in time, none of us had seen any of the other things. <laughs> the The original original is Yojimbo, right? No, it's no. Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. Okay, sorry. Um, Which one is Yojimbo? A different movie. But there's a Western based on that as well, isn't there? I think you're correct. Um, okay, so the seven seven samurai. Yes. Yeah. So, in my defense, I want to see both of those, but that third one, the remake of the remake, Betsy wanted to see. Oh, so that's the one that I've seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Yojimbo um, inspired a fistful of dollars. Oh, okay. I always wonder how strong those links really are, though. Yeah, it doesn't say that it's, I don't know, it says it's inspired and it has a similar plot. Yeah. But I also, like, I mean, I've heard all my life that Star Wars was heavily inspired and influenced by the Hidden Fortress. Mm-hmm. I watched the Hidden Fortress. I can see the connections, but 
it would be a pretty big leap to say that Star Wars is unoriginal because of those connections. They are very different. Yeah. Well, I mean, the same is true in literature. You can have something that inspires another work and uh, like in the, the article on liking stuff or not, um, not article, sorry, blog post. Um, and lucky notes that she has clear nods to someone else's work, like intentional references because those other works were inspirational to her or something like that. So, I don't know. People don't seem to make as big a fuss about it in a book, but maybe that's because fewer people read books. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Or the there could be a selection bias where the kind of people who would be more likely to make a fuss about it are not the kind of people who are reading a book. Hmm. Could be. And that's probably a good note on which to conclude this, our 42nd episode. <laughs> I have one piece of excellent news that I want to share before we sign off. We could definitely use excellent news. Listener Curtis just shared on the Slack. My first animal friend, his name is Yum Yum. And it is a picture of his Assassin's Creed origin character standing with a goat. Hooray. <laughs> Why is it Yum Yum? Does he plan on eating the goat? No. Okay. I will answer indignantly on his behalf. He does not I'm plan glad. on eating the goat. Was the goat. I was a little disturbed. Was the goat enjoying a tasty snack? Probably. Like, he doesn't say. Hold on. We are recording now. And Matthew. Wait, I need to actually tag you with that. And Matthew. And Dustin have many questions for you. If you would like to see the conclusion to this thrilling conversation, you should join our Slack at <laughs> slack.betterworlds.net. <laughs> Nice plug. Find the show and links and things at betterworlds.net. And you can find the show notes for this episode at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash 42. Anything you would like to add before we go? Thanks for listening. Go then.
this was all a ploy so you could infuse your computer with mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you save up enough masterworks to do that? <laughs> well, if you smash an Apple Watch, it drops a masterwork core, right? <laughs> I mean, I could only assume. Well, I have one masterwork core and zero Apple Watches. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>